0: Welcome to Transformers, the podcast about how business people and policymakers are creating a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kai Embren. In today's program, my guest is Anders egen CEO of Stockholm ExEG. Anders has under his 14 years as a CEO developed Stockholm Exegy to be one of Sweden's most sustainable and profitable energy companies. His target is to make Stockholm Exeg climate positive by 2025. The company is jointly owned by the city of Stockholm and Fortum, a Finnish state-owned company. Thanks to Stockholm Exegy, the city of Stockholm was named Europe's first environmental capital in 2010, and now the goal is to become the world's first climate-positive capital. Welcome, Anders. Thank you. One of the critical questions for you as a CEO under the years has been the coal power plant. You could close the last Swedish coal-fired power station in 2020, two years ahead of schedule.
1: How did you succeed to accelerate this close down? Firstly, it's of course always satisfying feeling, seeing that the company can reduce emissions and getting closer to becoming both climate neutral and hopefully also soon climate positive. But that feeling can't be saved for a very long time because there's still a lot of work to be done. And What has made it possible to close down the coal-fired plant is actually that we have substituted fossil fuels with biofuels and waste to energy during several decades. Developing and optimizing our heat and power plant as well as the entire heat grid has made it possible to close the final coal plant ahead of the plan. Of course, coal is a symbol of something which are really, really harmful to the environment and to the climate. And Kjartan, which has then been using coal and has been placed in the middle of Stockholm, has from some perspective been a symbol of utilizing and still utilizing fossil fuels in Stockholm, which are a green capital. So from that perspective, of course, it has been a really, really important issue for us to handle, both publicly, but also technologically wise and also secure that the city will have enough of power and heat all the time. So it has been a lot of questions around this plan of closing and phasing out coal, but we have had the plan for a long time. And I think that when we now finally succeed in doing that and at the same time securing both environmental friendly and enough heat and power to the city, I think that's a tremendous success actually.
0: You are, is also CEO of pretty much of a unique company, combination of owners. Stockholm Exegy owns by the city of Stockholm together with Fortum, an uh, energy company with the Finnish state as a majority owner. How is it to run a company with a municipality and a federal state as owner? Is that a problem or any advantages?
1: I would say that there are mostly advantages. Both owners have ambitious climate targets and push us to become more innovative and also push us to be also efficient and also reaching a position where we have the capability to invest into the future. And I think that Fortum is also listed on the Helsinki Stock Exchange, put a lot of call it energy professionals, into the board. And at the same time, the city of Stockholm put a lot of people with deep knowledge how the infrastructure in Stockholm is working, how the politicians are working, and how the city needs to be developed. And combine these two aspects, I think it's really, really helpful if you are driving a company which actually has an objective to make Stockholm climate positive in the future. There is, of course, with these two kinds of quite different owners, there is a need for tight dialogue. And tight dialogue is always helpful. And I think that that's helped us also to actually see things from different perspective, how the city needs to develop. Do
0: you feel that when you talk with other CEOs in other type of companies, are they... Asking you how is it to run this type of company, is
1: it uh, any discussion about the ownership model? Of course there are discussions about the ownership models. But I also think that there is many people who say that having a company where you have 50-50% ownership from two strong owners, no one of them have a golden share, is really, really difficult. But my experience so far is that if you are able to put up a common vision for a company, which are shared by both owners, there are more advantages than difficulties.
0: It was some years ago when you changed your name on your company. Anders, can you give us an explanation what the name of your company stands for? Stockholm XG.
1: That's actually one of the cornerstone in district heating. As you know, you can't produce energy and you can't consume energy, but you can transform energy from one form to another form. And the work you are doing with energy, that's the exergy, which you are utilizing. So the whole idea behind our name, Stockholm Exergy, is actually that we can utilize energy in a more efficient form.
0: Stockholm Exergy is going to be climate positive
1: 2025. It's a high ambition. It's a very challenging target. Aside from phasing out fossil fuels, which is almost done, the way to do this is to bio-based combined heat and power with carbon capture and storage, which leads to real negative emissions. The size of just the carbon sink we can create in one of our plants in Stockholm is considerable. 800,000 tons per year, which is equal to all the CO2 emissions from car traffic in Stockholm during one year. And it's very important also to say that this is the case without any additional biomass use. We can say also that that the technical tests are almost done. What is needed is funding and a sustainable business model. With the policy instrument proposed now in the Swedish government's climate policy and relevant EU support scheme, such as the EU Innovation Fund, a bio-CCS plant in Stockholm could be operational before 2025.
0: How do you see the bilateral agreement that you named as a part of a new development in your business model?
1: You can say that when you're looking at all the sectors across globally, it's more or less very, very, very difficult to reduce fossil fuels to zero before 2045. That means that you need to compensate also for some of the remaining fossil fuels in some sectors. And what we can see is that there is a need for developing business models which goes across different industrial sectors. Where sectors which actually are aiming to reach zero can sort of quote in negative emissions in their roadmap. And this has been the case in other areas which actually can be quite successful. Any example on that? For instance, there are large companies in the world which are having said now that they will actually compensate for all their emissions since they started their operation. And the only way to do that is actually to create carbon sinks, which are higher than they emit today and compensate for historical emissions. And creating that kind of business model is possible It's more or less a question about which price will CO2 have in the future and which price are the customers willing to pay also for a service from, for instance, a data computer center or a car industry, knowing that they have actually a much less footprint of carbon emissions in the future.
0: Have you had any contact yet to offer your new business opportunity to other clients or customers?
1: We are testing in some pilots how willing are the customers to pay for compensating for their emissions, both historically and the actual they have. And we can see that there are interest among our customers in Stockholm, our district heating customer. So we are actually in a pilot phase selling carbon sinks from a biochar plant which also creates negative emissions and we can see that the price for compensating for one customer is quite low if you compare it to other options.
0: Is it any sectors who are more
1: interested to be involved in this discussion? I would say that the transportation sector is, of course, very interested. I can also say that the data center industry is is interested and that are two large industries, which from the starting point is more than enough to handle this kind of startup with trading of negative emissions. But you can also see that the cementary industry, concrete, Mm -hmm. is definitely something we should actually have a discussion with and see how can we, in cooperation, be much more efficient and also create a roadmap for the concrete business and also for the energy sector where we are jointly moving towards a zero emission
0: status. Do you look at other markets and the Swedish market in this case?
1: For uh, discussion regarding bilateral agreement regarding negative emissions, of course, there is many, many multinational companies in Sweden, located in Sweden. And one of the advantages why they are locating in Sweden also is that we have a lot of renewable fuels. We have a lot of renewable electricity. We have a very, call it, green energy system. And adding carbon capture and storage is most likely also an advantage for them In their relation with their customers. So this is also an important step to improve the competitiveness from a national perspective. Sweden can be more competitive with attracting more multinational companies, locating in Sweden, having a much more sustainable production and can offer their customers better products Mm. when they are located in Sweden. So how dependent
0: are you from government's uh, decisions to develop such a bilateral agreement?
1: There is, of course, oh, in the long run, bio CCS and negative emissions must be given a relevant market value and a sustainable market regime must be put in place. This is needed both from the EU level and from national level. And if there's something I would like to emphasize at this stage, mm-hmm. I think that it's really important that the EU sets emission removal targets already now. Reduction and removal are complementary. They are not competing. But there are differences with reducing emission and removal of emission from the atmosphere. Bio-CCS and geological storage should be qualified as permanently removed carbon sink. That is also crucial. It's also crucial that CO2 transportation cross-border has to be recognized in the EU legislation. I would like to emphasize also a strong focus is needed on sustainability and the biodiversity is needed to secure compliance with RED 2 directive. And why I emphasize that is that it's definitely possible to utilize biomass and then carbon capture and storage and do it in a sustainable way. But that is, of course, dependent that we also use biomass in a sustainable way. We have a long tradition in Sweden to do that. We see that we can... The forest is growing more than ever in Sweden today, and we will not use more biomass by adding carbon capture and storage on the CHP plants which we have in Sweden. I also think that one important thing from a EU level is to sharpen and maintain the reduction curve under EU ETS. We need a cap trajectory for reduction, and we need a bowl trajectory for removal. And then finally, I would say that national and EU policies for carbon removal are needed. Adjustment Mm -hmm. mechanism has to be put in place also to align EU and national support. So there is a lot of things to be done if you ask me about the political Mm -hmm. dimensions. And what is needed, of course, is that politicians can see that this is a possible way, It's a piece which is necessary if we would like to actually achieve The global climate targets. Do you feel that the politicians listen to what you're saying? They are listening, but of course it's also many other stakeholders which are giving them good advices and see how they can actually reduce emissions and how could they also combine all these different aspects into one, call it, good roadmap for reaching the Paris Agreement. Mm. I think The system perspective I often talk about, you need to have a holistic view on the whole energy sector and also on other sectors. And that's difficult because you have a lot of different interests from different sectors and also within the energy sectors. There are strong opinions about building more nuclear. There are strong opinions about gas. It's strong opinions about hydrogen. But I say that there is not only one way of solving the problem. And if you are looking on the IPCC's report, bio CCS or carbon sinks is necessary as a supplementary action to reach the Paris Agreement's target. So that's really important that the politicians understand that.
0: If we look at um, the other countries in the Nordics, uh, I understand that Sweden and Denmark a little bit of a forerunner. In uh, front on the market, do you collaborate in relationship to the
1: European Union in these areas? It's necessary to cooperate if you would like to take a stake that we think that we can create negative emissions and be climate positive. We are cooperating with a Norwegian project called Northern Light, where you have uh, other sectors like from the oil and gas industry because they have the knowledge how to drill in the rock and how you can store carbon in the rock. So that's necessary. We have collaboration with uh, companies in Norway, Fortum, Värme, Oslo, for instance, which are also heading for doing Carbon capture and storage from their waste-to-energy plant. We have, of course, also a collaboration with our own as Fortum, globally. We have a global problem, and that's the climate change. We can't solve this without having collaboration between nations and between companies and across sectors. I hope that we can show that if you have district heating, if you have combined heat and power, it's very cost-efficient from a society point of view to actually add carbon capture and storage. Yeah, with other stakeholders, of course, I mean, being a part of a sustainable city development, which is a focus area for us, then we need to actually interact with many other stakeholders. You can't do this by yourself. So one of the main part in our i would say business model and it's even more important today is actually to interact with other stakeholders which have new technologies which actually can make it possible to be integrated in the larger system but it also um, gives us possibility to rethink how we can utilize the grid for instance in the royal seaport we can see that we have developed a low temperature grid which actually means that we can actually utilize Excess heat in that part of the town with lower temperature, which also makes it more resource efficient. It also drives us to see how can we go further in the development of a district heating system and an energy system in a city. And we are now putting out gateways to all buildings which are connected to the grid. And by doing that, we can have the opportunity to, to both secure our deliverances or supply much better we can secure buildings from be call it be without heat and cold if there are difficult circumstances but we can also give the customers opportunities to actually optimize their energy use which are really important and they can then optimize their energy use and they can also utilize the buildings as a storage for the district heating and the, the city this drives the business forward and it also drives the whole energy system in a city we need to have a close contact with not only the politicians in the city we need to have a close dialogue with the different departments on governmental levels we need to have discussions in brussels if and when it's definitely needed so i say that it's really important for us to have a long-term map for the energy sector and that means that Since we are investing in a new CSP plant, for instance, it will be there for 40 years. And if we don't have a stable platform regarding energy policies, energy regulation, it will be extremely difficult to invest. So I can't emphasize how important it is for us to have a good dialogue with politicians, with authorities, and other stakeholders which have impact on the energy sector. And when we are launching this ambitious goal instead of being climate positive 2025. Many stakeholders think that that seems really, really good and promising. It gives hope. Why we, we are able to actually set up that ambitious goal is that we can see that we have the technology already here in Sweden and in our facilities also. We have already started a test pilot and are able to actually capture CO2 and has actually a long experience from that also in our business previous years without storage, the CO2, unfortunately. But I would say that discussion around CCS, carbon capture and storage, especially bio carbon capture and storage, is today more mature and much more positive than it was maybe five, ten years ago. In 2016, Stockholm Exergy was one of the first corporations in Sweden
0: that developed a green bond. To get the investment to the first biggest bioenergy power plant in Stockholm, what is your lesson learned from this and
1: other investment with green bonds? We look quite positive on, on green bonds, and the reason for that is actually that we can we can then uh, reach uh, different kinds of parts of the financial market, and green bonds is one part of the financial market. Since we have a very call it sustainable. Business and are doing a lot of sustainable investment. It's natural to look into green bonds and see how can they help us invest further on in our journey to reach our targets. So I, I would say that green bonds is giving us more opportunities to choose from traditional financing. We have been able to broaden our investor base, attract new investors. We can also issue longer tenors, and we can have tighter spreads. So that is. Free advantages which we can see with green bonds. Without those, call it advantages, we might not look into green bonds as much as we do. But I think that that market is growing, hopefully, and it should grow also because there is a need for more sustainable investments in the whole world. you carrying a very
0: interesting sort of solution for cities. You have a system thinking behind it. You have been involved in two flagships in Stockholm, the Hammarby seafront and also the Royal seaport with international recognition. And you have developed new type of business models that we have been talking about today. What uh, is your take on this latest year's development? How do you see as a business leader that you bring such a solution to both politicians and to the market? How is your
1: feeling? I think that when you have the opportunity like I have to work with a business which are integrated with the development in a city like District Heating is. And you can see that we have been able to do the journey from using fossil fuels to only renewable fuels. When you see that all the challenges you have in a city, you can't solve all by yourself. You need to find collaboration with others. And when you start to do that, you also can see that that creates new ideas. That creates new ideas how you can actually utilize existing infrastructure, existing plants, facilities, and take the next step, which will be both cost-efficient and valid for the society. So when we are talking about our business model, it's not about only delivering energy. It's actually to building an attractive Stockholm. And building an attractive Stockholm, then we need to be involved in how do you develop the city, how do you create buildings which are also energy efficient and can also contribute to the electricity capacity in the city, but also create a carbon sink? And a carbon sink is needed if a city would like to be climate positive. I think that is the reason why we find these different kinds of business models and try to develop new ideas also. And it's also, of course, very positive for us to be located in Stockholm in a growing city in the Nordic countries which also have an existing infrastructure historically like district heating. Many so, other cities are of course look at Stockholm and say do you have so different opportunities so you can do this and we understand that but we have a situation where we are totally dependent on gas but that I think you need to understand also you can scale down This business model also to be a part of a new development in the London area, for instance, where you can actually connect a data center maybe to a new growing town area. And then you can make that more sustainable and more efficient. So I think we need in Sweden, and we haven't been able to do that and not in our sector either, to actually also transfer our knowledge regarding system solutions, which I think this is a very, very good example. So uh, maybe that we can sort of bring this uh,
0: climate positive dialogue outside Stockholm to other cities around Europe and also maybe outside Europe.
1: I hope that we will have many discussions about how we can reach a climate positive city in Stockholm and how we can reach many climate positive also cities in the world. I think this is an area where we have so much to contribute with and I think that the dialogue and the discussions are needed because we can't wait and actually mitigate the climate change. So i really looking forward to continuous dialogue regarding this. Thank you very much. Thank you.